Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago, and I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. We're here to talk about how to diffuse the toxicity. How many guys currently, just so we can check in with the collective, because guys, this is going to be an interactive training. I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to ask for you guys to engage in the chat just to see that you are here with me and present. Um, So for the guys that don't have their cameras on, please, it would feel good for me if you could turn the camera on. That way we see who we're connecting with. Man, Jason, you, okay, it looked like he had the Bitmoji on. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Jason, he's a fox. I dig it. He's probably like, oh, shit. I don't know why I'm here like this. Reminds me of that court hearing when the attorney is the cat <laughs> and they like, he can't turn it off. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm at work, guys, man, just, right now. Oh, you're all good. You're all good. We know you're here, though. I love it. Man, just so we can check in. How many guys are navigating a level of toxicity? Put toxicity in the chat. There is something present in your marriage and or relationship that you would consider toxicity. You know, maybe there's some form of yelling. Maybe there's just a dismissal of your feelings. Maybe you're the toxic one. And that's why you're here to be better. But do me a favor, put toxicity in the chat if you're experiencing a level of that, just so we can see. So we got Jason and DB. But the other guys, apparently everything's perfect. <laughs> toxicity, everything. Yeah. Again, and you know, it's interesting. Whenever we start to speak into this, like how to diffuse toxicity, very commonly, we have guys have that aha moment where they're like, oh, shit, this is actually happening in my marriage. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys being here. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to diffuse toxicity. Um, Mark, do you want to open us up with this? I know you and I were having some dialogue on like toxicity and really how to diffuse the power. I thought you were going to ask me. Can you, can huh? you hear me? Can you hear me right? Yeah. On my, yeah. Uh, okay. I had my microphone away from the thing. I thought you were literally going to ask me uh, to open up in prayer the way you were like, can, can you open us up in a word can of you, prayer? Can yeah. you open us we're, up? We're, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, when we were talking about the toxicity stuff, I mean, I think this is probably, especially the closer you get to divorce, this is where shit just like picks up at a, at a, at a higher level and it's a higher pace. Right. And and it's hard because here this person is, this is a person you shared your bed with, shared uh, kids with. This is a person that you shared life with. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> all of a sudden, they're, they, they don't seem to or appear to be the person they were when you first mm-hmm. got married, right? They don't, they don't seem to be the same person you shared a bed with. And, and what's harder is when it happens like that. Like, that's the crazy part. I remember sitting in there. Uh, in one of our arguments at one point several years ago, and was like, how did we get here? Like, like, how did this happen? And I'll, I'll tell you right now, one of the, one of the ways this happens so easily is it's, it's this little proverb says that the little foxes spoil the vine. 
the little foxes spoil the vine. And that is that because as men, we're, we're good with like, as long as everything seems status quo, we're good. Our marriage is good. Our life is good. There's no issues. There's nothing happening, but there's things we say, things we do, ways we listen that put her in a defensive position or that put her in a place where she feels not heard and seen and, and understood. And it's little things. It's the dismissive things. It's the lack of hearing her. It's the scrolling her phone while she's talking to you thing. It's little things that begin to add up. And those are the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so I think today we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Is that right? Uh, The toxic part of that and how to overcome some of those things, but like begin thinking about what are the ways that you are, are doing that? Like, what are those little foxes that you're, you have allowed into your marriage and why are they there? Because number one, I find a lot of men are avoiding because they're afraid of their wives. They're literally afraid of their wives. They are afraid of the fact that she has the report card on you and you're failing. Or they are afraid of the fact that she can reject you. And that makes that that hurts your ego. That makes you feel sad inside. And instead of communicating and being vulnerable, it's scary as fuck. So we don't do that. So instead, we avoid. Instead, we escape. We don't lean in. We don't have the hard conversations. The hard conversations can be hard and challenging. I'm in a new marriage. I have hard conversations with my current wife. We don't fight. We don't argue. We talk through them in a healthy way because we've both chosen to do that. And in mm-hmm. our choice for having that healthy communication, uh, it's, I feel like I'm taking over your call, man. Is this no, good? You're good. Like, <laughs> no, you're, this okay. is good. I mean, I have something I'm going to add to it once you're complete on your end, but go ahead and keep flowing. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say this is that, is that it never stops. Like guys, mm-hmm. the hard conversations never stop. If you're going to be in a healthy marriage, the hard conversations never stop. I, I, I remember in my last marriage thinking all the time, like, man, I'm just, I just, I just want to get back to peace. I just, I don't want her to yell at me. I don't want her to be mad at me. I just want to be peace again. I just want to have good sex and I just want to go on vacation and I just want to do my job. I just, I just want everything to be okay again. Just be okay. How many of you feel like that? Sometimes you're like, I just want it all to be okay again. So I want peace. It, yeah. Nobody, maybe a couple of people. Yeah. Got like Ryan said he wants there we go. Peace. Okay. There's a couple of people actually listening. I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, there's probably on the uh, Facebook wait till chat. We randomly call on someone. Wait till we randomly call on someone. See if we can't do that. We, exactly. Some of those we can't do that because they're at work. We don't want to. We don't want to embarrass them or get them in trouble. Probably like James Copeland right now. Um, yeah. So, so you, you feel that. Um, you know what? I'm gonna let you take over because I, I I I could just keep going. So we, yeah, we can we can keep going on this. And I I like the thought thread that we're on. I think one thing that sticks out to me is that many men believe that the marriage of their dreams and the marriage that they desire is not going to have any friction. Mm. That's a fucking fantasy. There, gentlemen, there's going to be disagreements between you and your partner. And it's important yeah. to be conscious of the dialogue. It's a disagreement, not an argument. Yeah. A disagreement. I mean, man, Mark and I disagree on things all the time, but we talk through it in a healthy way. Sometimes Sam's we, uh, the office right. conversation yeah. in Orange County when we had a disagreement, but that's the, that's the, I think that's the tipping point is the moment you start to accept that, Hey, there's going to be disagreements, but there's also going to continuously be opportunities to have these crucial conversations. 
And yeah, no one likes having these, these more challenging conversations. However, it will bring you closer and you both will respect each other more because of that. And I think another thing I want to note is many men think, oh, our marriage is great because we're having sex. <laughs> man, if, if I had a dollar every time I had a man tell me, oh, man, we had sex last night. And now she's not talking to me. Man, that it happens, guys. But realistically, when you start to lean into diffusing the toxicity instead of sweeping things under the rug, how many guys just sweep things under the rug? You leave things left unsaid. Put the number one in the chat if that's you. If maybe you don't want to cause an issue because things are going well, don't want to rock the boat, right? You don't want to make a, a little thing into a big thing. You know what that actually creates over time? Resentment. Mm. Creates resentment. You towards her, her towards you. When realistically, those crucial conversations is how we ensure that resentment doesn't happen over time. That's why, guys, have you ever been in an argument or a disagreement with your partner? And then suddenly something from seven years ago that happened that was so small gets brought up? That's what I'm talking about. And guys, it's up to you to take ownership and lead in some of these conversations. You can't expect or put the onus on your wife to come to you and say, hey, I feel this. Can we talk about this? Because if so, it, it, your wife's holding your report card. And that's unfortunate. Is this making sense? Is this connecting with you guys? Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So how do you... Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I think a lot of guys are in another situation, and that is where the communication they're receiving from her is toxic. Mm -hmm. And meaning yeah. like she's shutting down, she's stonewalling, she's gaslighting, et cetera. So if you're experiencing that, you know, put your, put your, put your put one up, two. I guess. Put the number put two, two in sorry. Put two up if you're experiencing gaslighting, stonewalling, uh, it's toxic communication, meaning like you're, 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 it's hard to even talk with her. Because like every, yeah, see, that is what I kind of figured. <laughs> Everyone else is like, man, I, I would die for a regular conversation with my, with my wife. But a lot of it's the toxic stuff. Um, I would say I'm, I'm the world's foremost expert in this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I've definitely experienced a lot of this where your spouse is gaslighting or stonewalling or um, accusing or things like that. Um, do you guys want to know like how to deal with that? Is that, is that would that be help, helpful if I kind of shared a couple of steps on how to deal with that. Um, the, the first thing you have to understand is that mindset is everything to me. I, I'm a mindset guy. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the NBA uh, last night with the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. If you're not a fan, whatever, I'll just I'll explain it this way. Some of you might be Boston fans. Sorry for your fucking luck. Um, the, the Heat were up three games to zero, and everybody's like, wow, how did this even happen? Like, how did they get up so high? Like, these are the Celtics. They're number two. And then all of a sudden, like the heat just like fall apart. It seems like in Boston wins, they win again. And then they win again. And now the narrative completely flipped and completely switched. They go, they go back to Boston where the heat have to go to my, or Miami has to go to Boston and play in their home court. And everyone's like, the world is just like, oh my gosh, there's no way these guys are going to win. History is about to happen. The Celtics are about to win. And what happens? Miami beats their ass and you go, 
How in the world did that happen? I can tell you, number one, is the culture of the Miami Heat is everything about mindset. And the mindset of like, hey, it doesn't matter what happened in game six. What matters is now. It's being present in the moment. And Coach Spolstra has this thing. He's He talks about presence all the time. And he's like, "You, we must be present. We cannot think about what happened in game six, five, or four, or even three, two, or one. It doesn't matter what we won because all we have is right now in this moment. And so because of that, they were able to lean totally into the game plan and, and create in their, in their own worlds. They were the only ones that believed they could win the game. And they beat them good. I think it was by 18 or whatever it was. But I mean, they just they took that game over in the first quarter and there was no going back. And you didn't see a wince on their faces. And they weren't even like totally ecstatic. They weren't even totally excited. They were just like, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I do. Now, the reason I share that story is because you have to be able to say the same thing when you're entering into these conversations. It's not that you're going to battle. It's not that you're going to war with your wife, but you have to be in a mindset of, I am this man. I am secure. I am empowered. I am going to walk through whatever happens to me. I am not going to be offended by it because look, it's so easy to allow her offense to become your offense. And once you've allowed her offense to become your offense, you've lost. Once, yeah. once you allow her anger and her whatever to become yours, now you're owning her shit because you don't realize she's entitled to her anger. She's mm-hmm. entitled to feel what she feels. And every time you try to use your anger and your stuff against her, you're manipulating her. You're owning her emotions instead of owning your own. And in doing so, that shows your disempowerment. That's when your fig leaf has been exposed and your small dick is sitting out there. Not hard and erect, but small. Every, every man wants to be exposed with a big eight-inch cock, big fucking circumference, and we want to feel powerful with our big cocks out. But what happens is we end up in this situation, and we're fucking like this, this little, little, new, little new noodle here. And we feel like that 10-year-old boy who has no hair on his nuts has never experienced puberty or any of those things. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And I know it's, it, it can be graphic or can whatever, but like that's the reality of what it feels like in that moment because that's what happens every time we allow her to do these things. So our mindset has to be so focused on the fact that I am empowered. And when I walk with power, I don't have to flash anything. I don't have to show anything. I don't have to be anything. I can just be here. And, it, and it's, it's kind of like I look at it as like getting an athletic stance. An athletic stance is where you're like you're bending your knees a little bit and you're just like ready. So when I, when I engage, if I'm engaging with someone who is in this place of like their emotions are, are off the wall and they're unable to communicate with me, that gives me an opportunity to go, hey, right now, it sounds like you're triggered. It sounds like a lot of things are happening and you're feeling a certain way and we can't have a conversation right now. So I'm going to back away. I'm going to give you 30 minutes and in 30 minutes, we'll come back. Let's see where you're at. If you're ready to communicate, we'll talk then because I want to have healthy communication with you. Like what we're doing right now is not healthy. And the emotional baiting will not stop, guys. I'm telling you, my ex-wife from four years ago will still try to emotionally bait me into conversations about our kids or whatever. And, and, and I don't re- I never get on the phone with her because of this. And a couple of weeks ago, I had to get on the phone with her about some situation. And she began to yell at me. And, and because this stuff doesn't affect me anymore, because I've dealt with the pain, I've owned my shit in this whole thing, and I've recognized my responsibility, and I've become a leader again, I said, excuse yeah. me. I don't appreciate you yelling at me. If you continue to yell at me, I'm going to hang up the phone. Immediately she changed. Why? Because I have been consistent. The last time I yelled at her was February 5th of 2020. It was the day she had my Tesla taken from me. It was the day that I fucking lost my shit on her. 
And I, and, and after that, I said, I will never do that again. I will never do that again because I showed up as a disempowered man. That is not who I want to be. That is not the example I will be for my children. And I'm going to be empowered moving forward. Yep. What do you got to add, Joey? I feel like I'm cutting you off here. No, no, you're great. This is great. Cause I, it's a lot of guys are getting a lot from this. You know, I'm so curious how many guys would actually be comfortable in that moment using the frame that Mark just used. Hey, I can tell we're both coming from an emotional place and this is not healthy. Let's take some space for 30 minutes and come back. Well, John Jay, you're, you went through Thrive, man. We know you. But guys, you have permission to ask for space. You have permission to ask for healthy space because a lot of the time men, as men, man, Mark, maybe you relate to this in those moments where like, you know, friction is being met with friction. So commonly we think, oh, it's do or die. If I don't have this conversation right now, it's done. When really guys, you can take healthy space and you can come back to it from a more grounded place. And I guarantee you it's not do or die. Very commonly, it's not do or die, but we only think that because we're like in that masculine frame and, you know, we're using our reptilian brain and being analytical. I need to approach this right now. You don't. You have complete permission to take healthy space, but use the dialogue and frame that we just shared, not the childish, well, fuck you, I'm done, bye. How many guys? It doesn't work, you mean? Yeah, it doesn't work because then guess what? Fuck you, I'm done. Bye. And she runs after, no, 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 come back. And you're like, or she doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, or she doesn't. And then you're like, fuck, she doesn't care. That was supposed to work. Yeah. And a lot of guys are laughing at this. Yeah. Well, because if you manipulate once, you guess what? You have to keep manipulating to get your needs met. Oh, yeah. We had a guy the other day tell us that on the. I was going to say the manipulation is just an unhealthy way of getting your healthy needs met. Yeah. Just wanted to add that for them, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, we had a guy the other day who was like, yeah, I'll sign for your program. If you guys can help me manipulate my wife back. I was like, what? It, it was just like, he just, he just wanted to manipulate his wife so that she would come back to the marriage. And everything that has to do with guys is ego at the end of the day. Mm-hmm the majority of you, what I would say is like, you have to check your ego because a lot of this has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with ego. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of my, my stuff on that, go back to 2022 in the podcast. I have a ton of content around this idea of ego and that many men don't actually even love their wives, that they just want to control her. They might have an affinity for her. They might care for her, but true love lets go. True love let's go. True love is not controlling. It's not manipulating. The, the, like if you really love someone, you will let them go. And that's the, both the blessing and the cursing of love, right? In which that, that love gives space. Love, love is freedom. And if you feel like in any ounce of you, you have to control her. If you have to control the situation around her, like, oh, I can't make, I can't allow certain people to be around her because their influence or I can't bring my buddy around because I'm afraid she's going to try to fuck him. Come on, let's be honest here. Any mm-hmm. of you trying to 
control and manipulate the circumstance and situation. That has nothing to do with love. That has everything to do with your insecurity and your lack of masculine strength. Because if you were secure in who you were, you wouldn't have to control her. Now, that doesn't mean she can't hurt you. And that doesn't mean that she can't go and do those things because those things do happen and they can happen. I hear the stories every fucking day. They happen all the time. And that's what hurts. But if you have no grid for how to deal with the pain, that's what's fucked. That's why you struggle. It's not because she's hurting you. It's because you haven't dealt with the internal pain and the shame that you have that has gotten you to this place, that has put you in this position. Because it's too easy to then blame her for all the shit, to hit the she button, as we, as we like to say so, so sheepishly, to hit the she button and blame her for all the things that you're feeling in your life. No, she can't make you feel anything that you don't want to feel. Like if, if, if some woman that you met on the street was fucking some other dude, you, you wouldn't care. You'd just be like, well, it's just some person that's having sex with some dude, some random dude. Like that's, that's her prerogative, whatever. But because you feel like you own her, and you feel like she's a possession, that's yeah. where it becomes a problem. Now, I, I, I was cheating on multiple times. It was not okay. It was not okay at all. I had a problem with it. And I'm not saying anybody should just live with it either. Like, like I'm not saying just be okay with it. That's not what I'm saying here at all. What I'm saying is, is that how you deal with it says everything about your manhood and your masculinity and your empowerment. Because if you just want to manipulate her, if you want to do things that harm her or control her or whatever those things are, that's the problem. Because at the end of the day, you are the problem, not her. You are the problem, not her. Say one more time. You are the problem, not her. The beauty in that is that because you're the problem, you are also the solution. Absolutely. You're not the solution to her cheating. You are the solution to your own problem, which is you. Go ahead, Jerry. Absolutely. Man, I love that. You are the problem and the solution. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.